Welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa Tennant. Thank you for joining me today. So, guys, Halloween is over. It came and went so fast. And honestly, my heart is broken. I cannot believe Halloween. Just this year is flying by. It's insane. But on the topic of Halloween, can we please just talk about the fact that I only had three kids. Three. I bought a huge bag of candy. And I had three kids. Instead, the candy's gonna go to my coworkers when I remake them into recipes so that they'll eat them because I'm sure other people have brought in candy. And if I just bring in candy, it's probably just gonna like sit there for a while. Versus if I make a dessert, then people will eat it because it's new and invented and will hopefully look pretty. But I just, I cannot believe that we only had three kids. And Halloween candy is expensive. It's like $11 for a bag. I really thought I was going to have more kids. I was excited to have more kids. Look, I have my own traditions for Halloween, and I like the old school traditions of Halloween and what the holiday was really for originally. Do I want the trick-or-treaters? No. Do I think they're adorable when they're walking around? Yes. They're cute. I like the creativity. I like when you ask them, what are they dressed as? And they don't really know, or, or they don't look anything like what they think they're dressed as. But in their minds, it's exactly what they are. And they're happy. They're happy. They're in candy. Everything's great. One of my favorite podcasts is My Favorite Murder, which if you have not listened to it, please go listen to it. It's hilarious. It's true crime. Their stories. I love them. I love them to pieces. They're great. One of the things they said on their Halloween episode was, I believe, 364 days a year, we tell our kids not to have not to take candy from strangers. But then one day a year, we tell our, ki- our kids it's totally okay. They've got a point. Like, I've never really thought about it that way. I've always just thought it was weird. Like, whoever came up with this, yeah, let's go get candy from a stranger thing was awkward. But I never really thought about that way. And, and they're right. But before we get to our lovely episode, please remember to subscribe. We're on essentially everything now that I can think of. We're even on YouTube. But yeah, we're we're on everything. So just subscribe anywhere. Follow us. You know, we've got a Facebook group now. So yeah, just join, join the little circle. You know, join our community. And with that, also please remember to submit in your stories. If you have any, I would love to hear them. You can do that by going to thehauntedride.com or emailing at thehauntedride at gmail.com. So, on to stories. I'm going to kind of give like a little bit of a teaser for this one because I don't want to go into the, all the details of it, but it's just kind of like an FYI thing. So you know how in some movies, when there's a house, it's like it's haunted and all this stuff, they always do that iconic scene with the bugs. We had that in our house. Um, in Florida, we have palmetto bugs. Um, I think everybody just either calls them palmetto bugs or roaches. I know they're different subspecies of bugs or whatever, but I am not a bug expert. I know nothing about them. All I know is they crawl, they fly, and they shouldn't be in my house. That's, that's all I've got when it comes to those guys. I am efficient in killing them. That's about it. The thing is, like, the house, we, we clean that house all the time. You know, everyone, everyone was obsessed with the house being clean. 
it didn't really make any sense. It's not like we were dirty. It's not like we had stuff lying around on the floor. I mean, they even bought me stuff to help me clean. I, I was taught how to fold the bed and make those perfect little corners at the end and, and dusting and just how important everything was. You know, I'm not going to say that I was perfect at it, but like I was taught at a young age how to do it. And so it's not like the house was ever dirty. And whenever I would ask about the fact that we had so many palmetto bugs, the response that I would get was that they came from the neighbor's house. And when the neighbor bombed their house, they came over to our house. And I mean, that kind of worked for me when I was younger, but like we would set up bombs in our house and they wouldn't leave. So it was, it was just really weird. Um, the garage, you could almost always find like live ones in there every single night. And we didn't have like a lot of boxes or anything in the garage and they would make it into the house and, you know, they'd be out in the daytime, which is from my little bit of research is apparently a clear sign that you have a problem if, you know, they make it into the daytime and we got pest control, but nothing worked. Nothing worked until the activity kind of slowed down. So that's the teaser so that you guys want to come back and be like, why did the activity slow down? Oh, but I'm going to hold that back from you for now. Yeah, I just, as I was kind of going through um, some of the things that happened, it, it kind of came to me that that was a huge problem that we had. And actually, you know, it really terrified me. <laughs> like even now, like I won't go to my garage at a certain time of night and I do it because at that house, I, you knew if it was dark outside, you didn't go to the garage for nothing. They were always, always out there. And we, we would have that. We'd also have um, water moccasins, which again, Florida, swampland. I mean, we lived in Northern Florida, but snakes are everywhere in Florida. But we had numerous occasions with black moccasins or black water moccasins. And I have a house in Florida and I've never had a problem with them. I never really thought it was supernatural, but I think it could have been like a one of those things that just kind of lends to the undertones of that property. But now on to an actual story. So this is one of the really good things I had which was someone who I nicknamed Cassandra. It was a shadow figure. It was a girl. Um, but it, it was like a ghost. I can't, I can't really tell you what it was, except it was, it was my friend. I would talk to her. And I mean, at this point I was, so I was past the stage of being able to have an imaginary friend. And actually I thought that Maybe I just, I did have like a really open and wild and free imagination. And so even though I was past that age, I was still accepting of those things. So perhaps I did have one. But then I found out that you cannot see your imaginary friend, which is why, you know, it's imaginary. And I could see her. Like, I remember this one time, um, she braided my hair. I remember like the, the tickling sensation of someone messing with your hair and then I touched it and it was in a braid. She did a really good job, by the way. <laughs> but she was only around for a little while, not too long. But I always felt really safe with her. I felt I was really happy with her. Um, and she was she was a good thing that that happened there. Another good thing that happened, actually, is that in my room was my grandmother's favorite chair, which was a lazy boy chair 
That chair, I swear to you, was at least 30 years old the last time I saw it. And it was still going and kicking. We just didn't want it anymore. But that that chair survived. If you want a chair that you never have to replace, Lazy Boy. Perfect quality. It was Lazy Boy. So I had it in my room. And I I like to pretend that, that I could feel my grandmother in it. I mean, I can't, to be honest with you, I think maybe I did feel her, but it was lighter, if that makes any sense. It wasn't like a tangible thing. It wasn't like I saw her. I just, it, it was just something to help connect me with her a little bit more and and make me feel like maybe she is around a little bit more, even when I'm not focused on her. You know, if I don't see her or smell her or hear her, she is there. And, and in those like underlying like tones, she's there. And her love and affection is there. I think it's kind of like when people tell you that their loved one is still around. And it's not like they feel them 24-7, you know, 365 days a year. It's just that something in them knows they're there. That they're that they're always going to be there. And it's just an unexplainable feeling. So it was really to my surprise when I rolled over one day in the middle of the night. And I had randomly been woken up. And there was a man sitting in her chair. <laughs> it was not a shadow hair. It had a face. It had like everything. It had clothes. It was a full man. And it was looking out the window. So the chair was to the left and the window was to my right. And I wasn't sure what it was looking at. And then I turned to look out the window too. And I saw this dark, distorted face with horns, essentially, staring back in the window. So I'm assuming that the thing was trying to get in and it couldn't, but it wanted to. Mr. Dude from the Lazy Boy sprung up like Superman, bounded across my bed and basically flew at this thing and tackled it. And it was really strange because I had never, I had heard spirits fighting, like arguing. But I've never, like, seen them, like, basically get into, like, a fist fight brawl. And I couldn't, when they, when he tackled the thing, I couldn't see them anymore. Like, they were out of my line of sight, but I could hear them in this, like, fight. I don't know who won. (laughs) I don't know who won, except I didn't see either of them ever again. Now, I did feel like the guy was still there, but as far as, and I felt like he was there probably for maybe... A week and a half, maybe. Well, I did not see him. I'm not really sure where he came from or why he was trying to protect me. He definitely was not a relative of mine that I knew of. So it was really great because during this time, I think also because I had gotten stronger, both with my spiritual knowledge and my psychic abilities, and I just actually really believed, hey, you do have psychic abilities. These things are happening to you. Like, I don't know how to describe to you when you realize that you have to believe in these things that are occurring to you, meaning you have to accept that you being able to see or interact or hear or touch or draw or feel these things is actually a gift and not everybody can do it and not everybody's going to understand it. And so, and and you don't fully understand it. I mean, I can watch, you know, 20 different shows or listen to 20 different shows or movies or read books about 
how to tap into my psychic self and how to do all of these things and the correct ways to do them and the not correct ways to do them. But at the end of the day, each of our psychic abilities is our own. We are our best resource and it's all, you know, trial and error. That's all it is. You just have to keep trying. And that's really scary because it is great if you can talk to someone. It is great if you can pick up a book and be like, oh, you know, I never would have thought about that. And you try it and it works for you. Or you pick it up and you try something and it doesn't work for you. But it's great if you can talk about that with people. But if you can't, it's it's scary to finally say, okay, this is going to be my life. And there's no there's no turning back from that. And, and I knew, I knew it was not just going to be that house. I knew it was going to be everything. It was always going to be a part of my life, no matter what I did. I think at that point, like I, I wasn't even a teenager. I was a preteen. It was, it was a lot to take in and accept and understand and just go, this is just how it's going to be. I can't change anything. My last story uh, for today is kind of a funny one for me. I, I walked out from my room at one point to go get my keys because I would take the bus to school and the bus back home. And I had, I used to collect keychains. So I had probably like 30 keychains in one house key. <laughs> they were all sarcastic and glittery. And so if I was walking, they made noise. I loved them. But I got to go grab my keys. My keys aren't there. I knew where I put my keys because it was right by the front door, which is where I would come in. It's not like I would have just dropped them somewhere else. I don't know why my keys wouldn't be there. Like, that's where I put my keys. So, of course, I go and I try to, you know, retrace my steps so that I accidentally put them down, not pick them up. Nowhere to be found. At this point, I get mad. And I'm like, if you don't give me back my stupid keys, I'm gonna. And I, I was pissed. I was like, give me back my keys right this moment. I turn around, my keys are on the table. Thank you. Don't touch my keys again. Open the door, get out, lock the door, and I walk my way to school. I come back, and I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to put my keys back down. Hopefully, they don't get taken again, and I made my point clear. So, about a week goes by. I come back out, and I hear my keys, like, I hear the key, the little keychains like jingling and I'm like oh no we are not doing this again and I I walk out and I see this tiny little thing and it basically looks like like a tiny human that is slightly disfigured has like a tarnished skin it's basically trying to reach them but it can't so it's very very small like maybe like maybe like like two feet tall Essentially, I decided it was a goblin. I decided that's what it was. And I was just like, seriously? So <laughs> this thing turns around and looks at me like, you can see me? And I'm like, yes, I can see you. I know. You wouldn't be that surprised if you would leave my fucking keys alone. So this thing is like so confused that I can see it. And it starts like, opening his mouth to speak, and I'm assuming that it spoke, but but I can understand it. So finally, I was just like, look, can you please just leave my keys alone? Don't touch my keys. And it disappeared. Okay, get my keys, I leave. I'm back. Above the 
And and what it was was it was a mirror with uh, hooks, and that's where everybody would put their keys. And underneath that, there was a table with magazines and stuff like that. So when my keys were missing or put back, they were always put back on the table. But above that, there was a candle, and it was on a sconce that was in the wall. And I always thought it was the dumbest thing in the world because almost none of us could reach the candle. My dad would have to grab the candle because he was the tallest one, and even then, he had to be on his tippy toes to grab it, pull it down to light it, and put it back up. And I was just like, that's a fire hazard waiting to happen. Now, this is, this is again, a couple weeks after this key incident where I now see the sit. So I, I hear something kind of weird, and I come out, and the candle is essentially floating in the air. And it's, it's like, at this point, it's not fully off of the sconce. So it has like this little needle thing that, that the candle then would be impaled on. So that was part of what was supposed to be the safety feature. So it was essentially like walking back and forth on that, trying to get up. And so it was floating probably about not even a full inch, but it was floating. So I see this thing and I'm like, what in the hell? And I look and I focus. And, and this was the thing is I had to focus. If I just looked, like try to figure out like, you know, whatever, and I didn't focus, I couldn't see them. But if I really focused and I really looked hard and like opened myself up to see, then I could see them. It's a little goblin things, but the sun, yeah, plural. They were basically hooked up on each other's shoulders to try to get the candle. And the candle was glittery. I then proceed to tell them to leave the candle alone in none of the nicest terms because I'm really tired of this bullshit and I just want them to leave them be. And they leave because they're startled that I can see them and they're grumpy that I can see them and I'm cursing them out. And I don't really think that they can understand me, but it's kind of like whenever you talk to somebody who knows more than one language or has a native language other than English and you hear them talk and you can tell when they're pissed off. It it was it was that tone that you didn't have to know what it was that I said. You could tell I was pissed off. They just disappeared. So I, I the weirdest thing, I realizing that they seem to like shiny things, I went to the front yard. We had a huge tree. The tree I said okay. You guys seem to like shiny things. If you can come out here and take them, I will give you something shiny, but you have to leave to things in the house alone. And like, I didn't say how often I would give them something or whatever, but every so often I'd leave a penny, a quarter, a nickel. I think I, I would even leave the actual key ring of my keychain sometimes. And after that, none of my stuff ever disappeared. I never had that instance happen again. I know some people are going to have a hard time with me saying they look like tiny little goblin creatures and then thinking, oh, what, do you want us to believe in goblins now? No. You can believe in it if you want to believe in it or don't believe in it or if you don't want to. I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. But it's one of my supernatural stories. And I tell it because it happened to me. It happened in that house. It wasn't a bad experience. In all honesty, it was kind of funny. Um, I just wish somebody else could have seen the candle thing. That would have been great. But I do know sometimes people, when you tell them that you see things that are in these shapes or these figures or whatever, they automatically think, okay, well, it's, it's this one thing that is a spirit. It's just making itself look like that. And I don't, I don't believe that because 
anything that came into that house that was a spirit or of the paranormal sort knew I could see it. That's why it came there. It knew I could see it and, and I could interact with it and it could interact with me. There was never any surprise where these things were honestly surprised, which was outside. I don't think it was something that came through the portal. I think that it was something that could travel of its own accord. And for whatever reason, you know, decided, hey, I'm going to pop in here. Let's see what I can take. And then got caught in the middle of it. I think that's all really it was, you know, and no matter what it is, it is a supernatural and it is a paranormal story. So with that, I hope you guys have a great day. Please remember to subscribe. Please submit your stories at thehauntedride.com or thehauntedride at gmail.com. And I will talk to you guys next week, Wednesday. Have an awesome week. Take care, guys. And don't let the ghost get you. Bye.